The world is digital. Data is pervasive everywhere. A digital universe cloaked in a Ready Player One backdrop. 1984 meets 2020. Mobile phones, working from home, riots, protests, streaming services, 5G, AI, ML, cloud, internet of things, containers, blockchain, software as a service, the uberization of food, services, and relationships. A gumbo of information is ready to be served and certain ingredients change. How far do we go before it's too much? Zeros and ones prevail. How do we protect them, store them safely, and still have a voice that is heard and uncensored? Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo Season 3. This is Demetrius Malbro, and today's guest is Phoebe Go. And Phoebe has a passion for technology and people. She has over a decade of experience designing, building, and optimizing solutions in data centers and the public clouds. Right now, she works as a principal architect at NetApp, where she focuses on empowering technical field teams on current and emerging technologies. She co-hosts the Go Your Way podcast at goyourwaypodcast.com and is often found on Twitter tweeting about technology of her cats. Welcome to the gumbo, Phoebe. How are you doing today? I'm great, Demetrius. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. Absolutely. Um, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right into the first question that I have for you. Okay. So what are some of the top trends in cloud and storage technology that you are seeing in the industry right now? And if so, can you share some of your interesting stories about any of those? Uh, okay, well, yeah, any stories that I have are probably interesting to me and hopefully mm -hmm. <laughs> they may not be to you. But essentially, I, I see a lot of trends in the industry around um, cloud in particular. It's kind of still top of mind and it has been for, um, you know, the last decade now. But in a different way that people are starting to, or businesses and, and, and users are starting to um, really explore some of the options in the cloud for uh, enterprise workloads and core and really core business workloads. So it's less about, hey, let's go put some of our, our new shiny stuff in the cloud, although that's still happening, but it's about, okay, we want to run our businesses and we want cloud to be part of our infrastructure and part of our, you know, our, our ideal solution. Is, it, it may be entirely in the cloud or it might be some combination of clouds or some hybrid cloud, but I think that that's really where I'm seeing, that's one of the biggest trends that, that I'm always talking about. Yeah, and, and I think that, that that's really exciting for, for me because I, I think that it, it's, it's now like a really established part of a, a technology make a t technology decision makers um, is not should we put it in cloud or should we not it's it's what are the best features of a cloud that we should be using and you know how do we how do we do it faster how do we get there faster and so you, you get some really cool new technologies coming out of that that not just are the end goal but the 
the the process to actually start using those services. Sure. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing this. So some of the top trends are, I guess, are centered around, you know, migrating to the cloud, moving to the cloud. Um, those are, I guess, some of the trends that you're seeing in, in that particular category, right? It's it's one thing to to move your data, but it's another thing to actually know, like when it lands on in the cloud, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it? Is it is it optimally, you know, placed? Is it is was it the right thing, right location to put it? And I think that's kind of more of those decisions and and those um, architectural decisions are. I mean, there's more options now than ever before, so that's one of the challenges. But also, um, people are really really thinking of new ways and innovative ways to do that, and I'm I'm really excited about that. Okay, great. So, and also shifting gears a little bit, uh, you know, Kubernetes, we, we all love to talk about that. That's something kind of new and, and hot. And sometimes I think it's, it's a buzzword, but, you know, people are really loving it. So I guess what are some of the challenges that organizations face, uh, I guess, around persistent data when adopting containers in, in Kubernetes? Yeah, I, I saw a really great um, tweet the, the, a little while ago now from Kelsey Hightower, but base and he's basically one of the you know people talk about Kubernetes and they they talk about Kelsey and and he is kind of the um, a, a figurehead for it. But to, even to him, Kubernetes is not the answer. It's not the end state. It's a platform and it's a service. And I, I'm I'm going to not do him any justice by, by trying to paraphrase. But I mean, I, I see it this way too, is that Kubernetes is a tool. Um, it's a very powerful tool and it's it's got a lot of um, features that make it useful as a as a platform and as an infrastructure architecture but it's it's definitely not the uh not you don't get to kubernetes and go okay we're here now you know let's all celebrate and go home like it's it's the starting point right <laughs> um and you, you mentioned persistent data which is obviously i work at NetApp, so it's something that we talk about a lot and it's and what i mentioned earlier about enterprise workloads moving into the cloud it's it's starting to say, okay, well, the way that I build my application is important, and that's one of those things. The other part is, what is that application doing? <laughs> is it collecting uh, user information? Is it storing my, um, you know, my entire cat, uh, inventory and, and all my all of my services and all my all my tools are, are running on this database that I need to to maintain? Is it uh, important healthcare records? Is it things about my customers that, that make me and make them more successful? And the data is the important part. So even as we think about, okay, do I lift and shift my workloads to the cloud or do I transform them into you know microservices and containerized? Do I run them on Kubernetes? Um, or, or even if I run them in a serverless way, what happens to that data? And so, and do I do I move it as it is, or and and that has its own challenges? Do I have to transform the data? Do I have to start using, uh, you know, more um, like disaggregated storage, so so that I can actually get all the benefits of of actually using a microservices platform by starting to distribute my data. And then once it's there, and once I've uh, I've got access to it, and I'm accessing, I'm using my data. Um, in in a microservice environment or in the cloud or wherever it happens to be, um, what else can I do with it then? And so, yeah, and so that, those, that's kind of the, the big picture that I'm kind of trying to broad brush paint. But the, the first thing is, okay, I want to use containers and I want to use microservices and I want to run them on Kubernetes. Uh, what am, Where am I putting my data and what is hosting it and how easy is it to get that um, to, to put that data into a onto a storage platform that is um, 
going to give me the features that I need. And, and features, like you've worked in backup uh, in recovery, so you understand you know, how easy is it to backup? How easy is it to protect? How easy it's, is it to migrate uh, and to, to make copies of it for other use cases? So then we start to think about how can we use the, the persistent data and how can, it, how can we make it um, more than just, oh, it's just a place I put my files, but it's actually, okay, this is something that I need to, to think about how I'm going to, to architect for that. Yeah, and you, you mentioned a keyword there, backup administrators, and that's, that's something that we talk about a lot here on Data Protection Gumbo. So I do want to ask, I guess, what are some of the most important things to think about as a backup administrator if you are part of, a, I guess, a team that is tasked with migrating data to the cloud? Uh, firstly, I am so glad that this team thought about backup as they were migrating data to the cloud and it was actually on their, you know, uh, their list of requirements and something really important because that to me is something that a lot of people do, uh, uh, you know, maybe put it on the on the back burner when they're, they're doing this migration because it usually uh, an application, a workload migration is a hard thing to do and we're focusing on transforming the application and moving it, making sure it's in the right place with the right performance. And sometimes we don't think about maybe the data protection elements so much because, and it might be because we think that the cloud provider is is offering that instead of, you know, they're going to provide some level of protection. And sometimes that's not the case. And sometimes it's, it's really up to you the business and the IT team to go, okay, well, mm-hmm. maybe we need to re-architect this application to be more resilient <laughs> and, and to also have high, high availability. So that's yeah. the first thing. <laughs> Yay, they thought about backup. Um, mm-hmm. And then as a backup administrator, I mean, I say this to everybody who is in IT today, which is that it's not enough to just think of the cloud as, yeah. you know, another skill set that I have to pick up. It's, it's understanding the, the mindset of operating in cloud um, and understanding where the things that your experience and a lot of, you know, a lot of people in the industry have, um, have thought, oh, I've, I just forget everything that I knew about on-prem because cloud is new and shiny and, you know, we're all cloud engineers now. And it's, I'm actually finding that it's like, no, you still need to remember the things that, that you learned as a you know, as a junior sysadmin, as a as somebody who is managing these environments, that still you still need to protect your da- protect your data in the same way. You still need to move it off site. Yeah, you still need yeah. to make sure that your backup admins have uh, privileges that are appropriate for backup administrators. You, um, you, yeah, and, and so I mean, one of the biggest things I've seen is is um, ha- having, for example, backups mm-hmm. moving into a different. Uh, a, a different account within the same cloud provider, which is kind of this bizarre thing. It's kind of like saying, oh, I'm going to put my backups in a different rack in the data center. How is that more secure or backed up? But I think it's that it's this logical separation of, okay, what are we trying to achieve there? And it's not just about uh, I'm taking a backup of it. It's that the fact that I'm now moving this backup to another location. And often, you know, when I think of another region or another um availability zone in cloud that's that's kind of that's that other location and for some companies that's not going to be enough and it's got to go into another cloud provider or it has to sit on premises or it has to you know end up on a physical device somewhere uh, i have seen that too <laughs> um yeah but i think you know that 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 kind of approach of saying okay we have to have multiple copies we have to have another copy of site um i think Vim Vim talks a lot about three two one and and, and i i always remember mm-hmm. um you know learning about 
grandfather, father, son, and, and oh, just thinking about that, yeah, it's still that. the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember hearing that going, oh, what happened, about, what happened to my grandma? Um, yeah, but it's, it's, that, it's that idea, right? You, you've got to think of those things in, in a cloudy way, but you still have to think about them and you still have to, um, to resolve the same or come to the same outcome, which is knowing that your data is protected, knowing that it's retrievable, more importantly, <laughs> knowing that you can get it back. So things like RTOs and RPOs don't change or don't disappear just because we're, we're now talking about cloud. Yeah, it's still, still very relevant. And I like we, we were having a very interesting conversation over the weekend uh, in the backup and recovery professionals group that I have on LinkedIn. And I actually just posed a question. I, I said, um, you know, how is the backup administrator role changing? Um, you know, what are some of the new new skills that you know individuals have to pick up in order to continue being a backup administrator around cloud? So. These were definitely some topics that came up. Uh, so I guess the next question would be, Phoebe, um, how can the cloud be leveraged for offsite backup if your storage system is, let's say, a, a NetApp appliance? Oh, you're letting me do it. Do a bit of a talk about my employer I like that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I go do ahead. like the way. So NetApp has a history. Uh, obviously, it's a 26-year-old company uh, in, in storing data and understanding not just how to, uh, how to, to provide high performance on, on hardware appliances, but also how to move that data around efficiently and securely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interestingly enough, you know, going back to the first question, people are always thinking, uh, they're, they're now there's this big move to the cloud and they're trying to think, how do we move data into the cloud efficiently and securely? And so it's kind of this nice, uh, yeah. you know, combination of things that, so, so NetApp has um, now really embraced cloud and so, when you think about cloud for offsite backup for an on-premises array, you can actually do exactly like we we have um, the ability to run what is essentially a NetApp system running in the cloud, and you can replicate mm -hmm. to it just like it was sitting in a data center on the other side of your building or the other side of a campus or the other side of the world. And so that's one of the easiest ways. If you if I think about how can I protect this data and put it somewhere else? I take exactly what I've been doing today and I use the cloud as the endpoint. And it is still secure and it's still efficient and it's still, um, it, it, for a backup administrator, it means actually knowing no very little new technology because the NetApp component mm -hmm. is the same. So that's one way of doing it. Okay. And then I think about some of the, um, uh, some of the innovation that is coming out of our cloud product teams and and it's it's kind of it's really nice because we have a cloud product team that is is kind of running at the the pace of cloud right it's it's constantly coming with new ideas mm -hmm. and they talk to the on-premises netapp team that, that runs the our um our hardware appliance operating system which is called ontap and they they start to use the technologies together and say oh wow there's this great thing that you do in the cloud we could do that on premises and, and vice versa and so one of one of these such technologies allows you to um back up your data from an ONTAP array 
any ONTAP array, into an object store running in the cloud. And so where that becomes useful is because object is generally cheaper than running a full-blown you know, operating system and, and VMs and, and all the um, high-performance SSD disks and so on that, that normally spin up. If you were to spin up an appliance that looks exactly like the one on-premises, well, it would cost a lot of money because you've, you know. So, so we have a version of that that runs on um, on on the native cloud provider okay. and so that provides that level of and but then there's also this which is okay we want to back it up to object storage which is going to be um slightly less performant but definitely i mean there's there's, there's cost benefits in doing that as well um mm -hmm. and so there's there's options there depending on what you are trying to um trying to achieve, you know, what your outcome is. Is it to do restores or is it to run as DR or is it to run dev workloads? All of those capabilities are, uh, are possible within NetApp, in, within the NetApp ecosystem and the cloud provider ecosystem. And on top of that, of course, we have really, really good alliance partners. And um, mm -hmm. I was really happy, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who work at Veeam um, and, okay. and and Commvault and other places as well. Yeah, and clean it up. It's clean nice it up. to know. It, it's <laughs> I, I, I can do right. the same thing. <laughs> right, and, and one of the things I do like about NetApp is we have a really strong partner, uh, technical partner ecosystem where, where it, we want everybody to be successful with what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, we are... We, we have really great integrations with all those providers on premises. I mean, there's no reason that we shouldn't have similar integrations with them in the cloud. So I think there's, there's a lot of different um, ways of protecting data and moving data around. And, and especially when it comes to cloud, I actually think, I, I'm not going to speak for NetApp in this case, <laughs> I think, and I know okay. that um, our portfolio is leaning this way, and that's why I think that I could, I could say NetApp agrees, is that our our, um, I'm really excited about products that move customers forward. You know, it's not enough for me to say, oh, I'm getting a new version of a storage array and it looks exactly the same as the last version. It's just a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, or it's got a new bezel. It's, it's how are we actually going to make your applications better? And how are we going to make your lives as system administrators and backup administrators better? You know, we're, we're making things simpler to consume. We're making them secure no matter where they are. We're making these, um, these changes, whether you're in the cloud or whether you're on-premises, um, we, we want to make your lives better. And I think cloud is, is so prevalent for so many people right now, it would it, it's really a focus area. I mean, for, for me it is, and I know for um, a lot of our products mm -hmm. it is. So, yeah, it's one thing to back okay. up into the cloud, but it's another thing to run entirely in the cloud and protect that that, that workload too. I, I do agree with you. I <laughs> think you touched on maybe the cloud backup service, and I don't know if you mentioned anything about cloud, cloud compliant. Um, do you want to mention anything about that because compliance and regulation is is uh, one of the hot topics uh, today in the industry that that I do know for a fact of. yeah yeah I this is where I think things get really interesting because uh, backup and I, I've worked as a backup admin and I I appreciate backup but I do think that at the end of the day it's it's about restoring that data um, 
<laughs> compliance and security are those things like what happens when that data is in the wrong place in the first place? Like, it doesn't matter if you backed it up or you protected it. It's like, well, oh, you know, it got into the wrong hands or I released something that I shouldn't have. So that's why I think it's a lot more interesting. Um, so cloud, cloud compliance and some of these other services that we're coming out with um, are really tied to, okay, make sure that not only is your data highly performant in the, you know, and, and protected, but also is it, what is that data? <laughs> is that data sh that should not have been in a certain country because it wasn't supposed to leave a particular jurisdiction? Or, yeah, GDPR, um, or my favorite because I've, uh, you know, I've, I've moved to the US and, and now I'm worried about my credit card numbers getting stolen. <laughs> you know, is, yeah. does it contain personal information that maybe it shouldn't have and it's in, it's in the uh, format that you know, it's in a it's in a place where people could possibly access that. So cloud compliance is that way of saying we as individuals can't check every single thing for you know um, for compliance, right. but a system can, and it can do that automatically, and it can mm -hmm. use um, yep. artificial intelligence buzzword, right? But but it can use AI to do that, and therefore we can. Um, you know, we as administrators can get a good night's sleep knowing that it's scanning and it will tell us if there's something that shouldn't be in, you know, there, there's something that's breaching GDPR or there's something that's in the wrong place. Um, so, it, you know, I can sleep easy knowing that that, that that is happening and that that is being checked. So cloud compliance is just one of those things, but I, I see a lot more of that um, just across the, the industry in general is, is understanding what your data is, not just um, that it is, you know, storage. It's, it's actually yeah. information. It's yeah, actually and I, I guess I I have to bring this question in. It's kind of a sign of the times right now with with COVID nineteen and the pandemic and you know social distancing, all of those things. Right? Um, do you think that I guess COVID nineteen has changed the storage industry, and if so, in in what way? Um, I, I do know that uh, NetApp has been you know, helping customers build, you know, virtual desktop infrastructure or VDI environments to support their uh, growing uh, remote workforce. So you have any comments on that or any anything you want to share from that perspective? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking, Demetrius. I think this is a really interesting one. It's really timely. Um, and I think COVID-19 really just accelerated something that has been happening uh, in terms of remote workforce um, for, for a while in, in many businesses, many organizations. Um, you know, virtual desktop infrastructure video is one of those elements. And absolutely, you, you, I, I know <laughs> from talking to uh, my, my colleagues that, it, that everybody is really busy mm -hmm. <laughs> um, trying to, to make sure that they have the, not just a VDI infrastructure or a, a virtual desktop infrastructure, but, um, but the right type of VDI environment that works, that, that's appropriate for their workforce. It's the right scale. It's the right, uh, the, you know, the right cost and it has the right features. Um, we have a concept or, and I've been talking to a few people about something that we really think of as modern workplace. And I'm sure that that term has been used um, everywhere. But uh, I had, to, I, I did some thinking. I was thinking about this, trying to understand, okay, what is, what does that really mean for somebody not just a storage vendor or a, a software vendor, but for uh, people working in that workplace. And to me, the modern workplace is 
is not just the tools and the technology that we use, but also how we use those to interact, uh, how, how we can be as effective as possible in at work, quote unquote work, because work can span, you know, time zones and it's not necessarily the same nine to five. So I think about what COVID has done is it's really opened up or <laughs> what this situation has done. I don't think it, it did anything except make people miserable. Um, but what this situation know, right? has done is really opened up that, uh, that realm of possibility uh, for the industry to say, okay, how do we do things differently um, you know, there's no right or wrong answers anymore because we can't go back to the office if it doesn't work. You know, everything is a right, right. answer because we have to try something new. And, and that's leading, I think that's really bringing a lot of change really rapidly to organizations um, who are realizing that they can do more with what they have. And, uh, and in some mm -hmm. cases that their workforces are actually more productive <laughs> when they are working remotely. Um, on the flip side, it's brought up other things like, oh, how do we collaborate on these things, you know, effectively? It's it's one thing to email the document around because of time zones, but now we're both in the, now we're both working. It's midnight for you and it's twelve p.m. for me, but we're still both working on this. So how do we make sure that we both have, mm -hmm. you know, have uh, access and the rights and and those things are working properly for for both of us? And I think that's uh, to be seen. I think how successful businesses will be with that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know definitely for me it's changed uh, how, how I think about work. And so I think for businesses um, it's, yeah, it's more than just VDI. It's actually my yeah. workforce. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's definitely changed the entire global world. So everyone, I, I, I can't say we're going to go back to normal. You know, it, you know, everyone's talking about this new normal and um, wait until the curve is flattened and all of those things. And there's a lot of political talk right now. And, you know, it's, it's really uh, interesting to turn on the television and, and see and hear what's going on right now, because we are going through a lot. So these geopolitical uh, things that are happening is really affecting the entire world. And so COVID-19 is just one of those things that allowed us to stop pause, breathe, and really figure out what's truly important. And what I found out that's important is, is my family and my health. Um, so, you know, that's one thing that I, I really, really, really made sure that I kind of rope in and, you know, go do my checkups afterwards. So yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to, to, to put that plug in there as well. So let's, let's roll into, I guess, the closing gumbo question. And this is the one that I ask everyone and everyone's answer is completely different. So uh, Phoebe, um, if you had a crystal ball, what does the future of data protection, cloud and storage look like for you? That's such a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm going to have to go back and listen to all the other answers that you get. Uh -oh. <laughs> I think that I actually think that the future, if I was to cast my my net out a little bit further than than you know what I could see today is really starting to democratize access to to everything so that when you talk about data protection and cloud storage I kind of almost see them as rolling into just APIs right like it becomes almost it doesn't matter whether I'm asking for storage or for a VM or for data what I'm actually asking for is is an outcome and I want it to do a certain thing and I want it to be there, you know, 24 seven 
then that's really what I'm going to start to ask for is the is the outcomes versus you know asking for a specific type of technology or a specific type of you know size of disk or type of protocol obviously yeah. I know that's a fair way away <laughs> and uh no I like yeah, that yeah um but I think that we're, we're definitely taking steps towards that. I mean, I think Kubernetes is, is, if you start to think about Kubernetes less as, oh, it's a way to run containers and schedule them. And, so, and you think of it as, well, actually now we can start to programmatically call everything that we want. And I don't really know where it runs. You know, I don't have to know where it runs. Maybe I do, but I don't have to. I don't know what, I don't have to know what storage is underlying. I don't have to know a lot of these, these kind of, I guess, tiny little details. Um, yeah, yeah, it just opens up that that possibility for for more people. Um, yeah, that's my. I don't know if it's a prediction. Okay, great. That's, that's maybe that's my wish list. <laughs> hey, I, I, I love it. Everyone has a perspective, and uh, I haven't heard it quite that way before. But I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, also, thank you for taking time to come on the gumbo and um, just. Thank you for coming on and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Demetrius. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. I love reading your reviews on Apple Podcasts, so please keep them coming. And every review that you leave helps. So please also join our LinkedIn group, Backup and Recovery Professionals, and also check out our website at dataprotectiongumbo.com. So have a great week and see you next time.